0: Hi C3 Powerhouse, it's Katie Haldane. I am so excited to be with you even via video. I was desperately excited if I could come face to face, but of course New South Wales is in lockdown. This is what this is all about, isn't it? Rejoicing in our in our in the Lord and rejoicing in God, not in our circumstances because we can't control our circumstances. Living above circumstances. Thank you so much, Pastor John and Danielle, for having me. This is such an honor to be a part of this Philippians series. I have to say, I have so loved even the think tank. I was saying this morning, I loved being a part of the think tank with all the preachers. Can I say you've got some great weeks coming up? I know Pastor John was last week. You've got some incredible sessions coming up. I have got a sneak preview and they're amazing. So what we're talking about is the secret of joy, because I think in today's society, we really need to be aware of joy. I said it this morning, and I want you to go back and have a look at that video if it's online for you. Joy is not happiness. Happiness is temporal. Joy is a solid foundation that we have in Christ. Joy is the the basis to which we fall. We can have bad and good days, but we fall no further than the joy of the Lord. And I love that solid foundation. And that is really a choice. What I'm talking about in my sessions is this, that joy is a choice. And the secret of joy is is your choosing joy. But tonight I want to talk about this. I want to talk about the secret of joy is rejecting FOMO. Because can I say everything on Instagram and everything in your society is getting you for us older folk, FOMO is fear of missing out, um, getting you to feel like you're not in something or you're missing out on something. Or if you do that, you're going to miss out. Oh, did you not, you didn't go to that party? Oh my gosh. Why didn't you go to that party? That is how our marketing campaigns are all targeted. So what I want to talk to you about is from the book of Philippians, is how we reject FOMO, how we, how we get content no matter what's happening, how we don't look at Instagram and go, oh, my, my children need to dress better or my house needs to be bigger or my car or how we look at Instagram and not receive that fear of missing out, but receive joy and strength can I say I have to have Instagram times where I'm not on Instagram because that's the whole message of Instagram. You're not good enough. You're not you're not skinny enough. You're, you're not you, you can't do this. You're not fit enough. And really, we've got to be content in no matter what is happening in our life. And that is what we're going to talk about tonight. Now, how good is it being in the book of Philippians? Let me quickly give you a geek history uh, recap History recap, historical context. Philippians is a book, a letter. Again, these are letters. Can I say, don't read them like they're books. What does that mean? Don't read chapter, verse here, verse there, verse, you know, you would never do that with any other email. You wouldn't read an email and start at the end and then jump to the middle and, oh, I like this part. And you wouldn't do that. That's why these letters are letters. So I want you to read the whole thing if you can. Um, sit in it. Have, have a listen to what Paul is actually saying. And where is he? The key about Philippians is he's in prison. He doesn't sound like he's in prison. He sounds like he's on a beach in the Bahamas or in gorgeous Sunshine Coast. (laughs) He sounds like he's in a great place, but he's not. Why? Because he's telling you the keys to rejoice no matter what your circumstances are. When he writes this letter, he writes it with this accent of, listen to my tone of voice, listen to what I'm saying to you. I'm in prison and I'm still able to speak like this. I'm going through the worst of circumstances. I don't know what's going to happen while I'm in prison. But I'm still, I'm in prison, but I'm rejoicing. And you can have a chat, look about the historical context. Paul and Silas started the Philippians church through rejoicing in prison. They're back in prison and they're having that still that essence of joy over everything that they do. So how cool is that knowing the historical background? Now, what I'm going to do, guys, tonight we're going to focus on this essence of your mind. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about mind power or anything like that. What I'm talking about is what you focus on. What do you focus on, what you fixate on, that is going to consume your heart. That is going to, teenagers, you know, what you fixate on, Instagram, I'm not this, I'm not that, what you start fixating on, that will actually start to consume your heart. And I want to talk about how, when Paul's in prison, how is he rejoicing? I mean, I know he's a disciplined guy and I know that, you know, he's Paul the Apostle and pretty amazing and he gets flogged and beaten and still keeps going. But while I'm in circumstances that are out of my control, while I'm in lockdown, how do I keep going? And the power of what you focus on, we're going to have a chat about. That is really key to being content, to being able to go, you know, I don't care about my circumstances. I choose to be content, not look at my circumstances. All right, let's have a look. Let's get the word of God in us. Um, Philippians four thirteen. sorry, 11 to um, 13 is my scriptures that we're going to sit in. So have your Bible in front of you, have it on your phone. This is what we're going to actually have a look at tonight. Um, I love this. I am not saying this because I am in need for I have learned to be underline that learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Now, let me tell you about Paul. Paul makes these statements in his letters. He makes these statements throughout, especially in Romans. He'll make a statement. But Paul is educated as a debater. He's from his Pharisee, uh, was originally a Pharisee. So he, he knows kind of like legal debate. Now, if you're a debater, you make a statement and then you present your evidence. Okay. so what Paul does here is he says, I have learned. Now, again, the words in the Bible are not just thrown in there. We're not just quickly typing. We're scribing it out. I have learned to be content. What he shows us here is how am I in prison still rejoicing? There's a secret I've learned. Now, for me, I go, well, what is it? I want to know it. I have fear of missing out of this secret. (laughs) I want to know this secret. What is this secret that he's talking about? And what he does, Paul doesn't in this moment present it to you. He gives it to you throughout the whole text. So what we're going to do is super fun. I'm going to show you the keys to being content, no matter what, purely from the book of Philippians. OK, a couple of things about about what he says here. Number one, being content is not natural. It's it's not it's learned. What does that mean? Content is not something that I default to. I don't default to oh everything's going to be fine. I don't default in my humanity to I'll just remain content. I default to FOMO. I default to fear of missing out and, oh, I need that and I need that. Have you ever bought something and you're like, you get caught up in the moment because, you know, all of a sudden there's only 10 left and it's 50% off and you need it. And then you get at home and you're like, what is this? I don't need this. I have five sitting over here. Why? Because, unfortunately, in our humanity, we, we are always wanting what everyone else has and we're not content with our own situations. And Paul says this, I have learnt to be content. Can I say Be somebody who is learning to be content, learning to discipline yourself and going, hey, I'm going to remain in my lane. I'm going to remain where God has me. I love this. Learn actually means in Greek, it means practice to be in the habit of, to to get this as a habit. So we need to get a habit of being content. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next 20 minutes. What does that look like and how do I do it? Number two, I love this. This is just from um, 411. He says, um, I know what it is. I want you to underline. I know. Can I say being content is not a denial of the circumstance? Sometimes I listen to Christians and they're like, you know, their mother died. Oh, I'm so sorry. Your mother died. That's okay. All things work together for good. And it's like a denial that that actually happened because they want to remain in faith and and be content. No, no, no. Paul Paul doesn't say you have to deny everything around you. I'm not going to talk about that. And I'm not going to talk about that. It's, It's not a denial of your circumstances. What it is, is a recognition of who controls your circumstances. What it is, is this essence of, I know what it is. I love it where he says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. It's not a denial of the circumstances. Paul says, yeah, I know what it is to be in prison and I know what it is to be free. But I also know who's in control of both. And I kind of love this essence of knowing you've got to know God more than you know your bad situation. When you go through a bad situation, guys, I remember when, you know, my my bad situation that I had was my nephew died. And I know people have been through much worse, but that for me was a cataclysmic moment where the world just fell apart because I really hadn't had anything bad happen to me until that point. Um, My nephew died and then my family went into chaos and they all didn't want to know anything about Christ. And I just got them to the point where they were starting to even talk about Jesus uh, because I grew up in a non-Christian home and then. Dion died and they were like, I don't want anything to do with your God if your God does that. And it was just this moment where everything went wrong. And I remember going, "Okay, I can't. I knew the circumstances. I knew the anguish. I knew the grief. I knew what was happening around my life. But I had to know my God more. I had to get the revelation of my God. I knew what was happening. This is what Paul's saying. I know what it is to be in lack. I know what it is to be in grief. I know where I know what that is but you have to know. And this is where I started reading my Bible. Why? Because I had to know my God was greater than this. I had to know the power of my God was greater than this. I had to know that he was, he was my hope throughout this. Can I say know your circumstances, but know your God more. K-N-O-W means coming to know, realizing, learning, learn your God more than what your circumstances are. Because we're going to talk about what you fixate on your brain. If your circumstances are what you know best, you will fixate on those. If your God is what you know best, you will focus your mind on Him. Okay, so it's this essence of being content. And thirdly, this is about being content. It's God's strength. Can I say again, everything that we do in our, in our teaching, everything we do in our preaching, everything the Bible says is you are not on your own in this. It is God's strength. I love it. Let me read it to you in verse 13. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. He says, I can be happy when I've got no food. I can be content when I'm in prison. Why? Because he's still with me. I can do the, all this through him who gives me strength. How beautiful is that? All right. Are you ready? That was just kind of my seed time. That's kind of my teacher prep time. You're like, oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> I'm going to do six points. Are you with me? Get your notebooks. Get your Bibles. Let's go. Six points from Philippians of key of rejecting FOMO and being content, not relying on your circumstances to give you, give you happiness, but being content no matter what. Um, Now, can I just give you a quick historical context? I kind of need a warning on these videos, you know, like warning history content coming up, you know, like on Mythbusters where they do warning science content. This is a history content coming up here, guys. Paul in this letter, is giving you examples to follow, giving the Philippian church examples to follow. He's saying, hey, check out Timothy. He's amazing. Hey, check out Epaphroditus. And he's giving them, hey, follow me as Paul in, in prison. Follow what I'm doing. Because guys, we need practical examples of people that have walked through bad situations. That's why we read biographies and we read books, practical examples of people that have been in these situations and have done it well. And what you have here in Philippians is a practical example of somebody who is in prison, lockdown, not not much worse than lockdown. He's in prison and he's doing it well. And what he's doing is he's showing you in the midst of it, Check me out. Look what I'm doing. This is, follow my example. I'm praising, I'm praying, I'm doing all these things. I'm still in prison, but he's giving you these incredible examples. And the greatest example, which you're going to study, I think, in a couple of weeks time is Christ himself. The the Philippians 2 is this hymn that they would sing about Christ. Now, let me show you something, and I'm not going to steal the thunder. I think it's Isaac that's preaching that, but I'm not going to steal his thunder. 2.5 says this. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Paul is very big throughout this text. Now, when you read Philippians, I want you to highlight and notice this, your mind, what you focus on when you are going through those circumstances will determine how you get through them. Can I say that again? I remember someone coming to me when I was in the midst of depression because I was focusing on my family and how everything was going wrong and we're dealing with Dion's death and, we're, and I was focusing on this earth. I was focusing on the mud and the mud was honestly going over my head and in my ears and in my brain and consuming my mind. At night, I would wrestle with thoughts of anxiety and, and, and sorrow and this deep grief. And it's okay to be in grief. I'm not saying snap yourself out of grief. But I am saying this, when you're in the midst of it, watch where your mind focuses because it will keep you in that pit or it will elevate you out. Okay? You gotta focus, and this is what he's saying here. My mind in prison is elsewhere. They can they can have my body, they can imprison my body, but this thing is out, praising God amongst the nations. So let's have a look. Six six things. Are you ready? Fast and furious. Here we go. Number one. This is examples of Paul of how we get our mind out of the situation. Number one, pray for others. Oh, so good. You don't want to pray for others when you're going through things. Let me tell you, you don't feel like praying for others or your prayers are consumed with yourself. But Paul says, pray for others. And I love this in one four. Let me show you the example. He says, in all my prayers for all of you. I pray with joy. Oh, my gosh. He's in prison, but his mind and his mouth are out in the in the in his churches. He's declaring over this church. He's praying over that. Why? Because Satan can't control and contain. He can contain Paul's body, but he can't contain his declaration. And he's like, I'm praying, I'm out there, I'm declaring praise. So number one, get your praise back, get that prayer back and don't just pray for others like, oh God, I pray that they go through worse than me. (laughs) That's not what he's saying. Can I just say if I was in prison, and I was writing a letter to you and I was, I'm not sure I would be praying about you. I'd be like, Oh God, please get me. Oh, there's rats in here. I hate rats. I'd be such a girl. I would be focused on myself. But the thing about being in circumstances, you're either consumed with your circumstances, but what we're doing is we're learning to be content. And how do we learn to be content? We get our eyes off our situation. We pray for others. We start declaring goodness over people, blessing over people. And I love this and pray with joy because of your partnership. He's praying with joy. So number one, get your eyes off yourself and pray for others. Now, I know it's going to be hard because you can feel like if I don't pray for myself, God's not going to take care of me. The thing about praying for others is realizing that God has got you start looking pay it forward does that make sense it's a trust thing God's got me I don't need to pray 50 million things about this situation he's got this situation I've asked him I need to stand on that declaration that it's going to go well and I'm going to now focus on others it kind of changes and shifts shifts your mindset okay number two this is learning to be content the keys of how we are being content Find the good in the situation. This is my favorite part of Philippians, guys. Philippians 1, 12 to 13. There's this section down the bottom here. It's called Paul's Chains Advance the Gospel. And what he is doing, it's so incredible when you read it. Read it when you get home. It's 12. I'll, I'll read a bit of it. Um, 1, 12 to 13. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel as a result It has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. What is he doing? He's taking his situation and he's like, I'm going to be content in this situation. One, I'm going to get my head out of the game and pray for others and pray with joy. Number two, I'm going to see the good in this situation. And sometimes it's hard. And what he's actually doing is he's going, I'm in chains here but I can see the gospel expanding and he's getting his mind off that this is a bad situation and it's going to turn out bad. And he's starting to allow God to see God's perspective on this. And he says, I'm realizing I'm in chains to advance the gospel. I said it in the service this morning. If he wasn't in chains, we wouldn't have the new Testament letters because he reversed and, um, and reignited the situation or how do I say made the situation better. And he wrote letters. He didn't, Oh, I'm in prison. Woe is me. I'm just going to have a, pity party no he's like I'm going to write these letters we are blessed because he had this attitude of turning the situation around for good and there's this moment in here where he's like I've realized that I'm in chains and God is still working this out for good focus on the good that God is doing in your situation find it now I know your brain what's fear of missing out and it goes to these anxiety things but find the good number three keep your hope I love this Philippians 1 oh so good this is this moment. Can I just give you a background of this moment? Some people are preaching um, and I'll read it in 15. It is true that some preach out of envy and rivalry. Some people are preaching and, and they're out of bad motivations and it's come back to Paul and Paul's like, do I get angry about this? Do I flick a switch? How dare they? You know, and your mouth starts, you know, like Pastor Phil says, you start sharpening your your, your knife with this, this mouth at night. What am I going to do? And, you know, this horrible moment but Paul doesn't do this. Why? Because he's remaining content in the circumstance. He's not allowing these things to come in and say, but Paul, this is happening. But have you ever had that moment where you feel content and then you get a phone call and someone's like, but, but this is happening. And then all of a sudden that, that thing comes up in you. This is what he's saying. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy. It's like, yeah, I get, I get the rumor, but uh, others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am, am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish envy. They're not doing the right thing. Not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me. They're stirring up trouble, but, oh, the thing about being content in all circumstances is the, but I've got information coming through that can make me really angry and really, and how dare they, but you have a choice in that situation. Do I let that anger come in? Do I let that fuel me? But he says, oh, so good. What does it matter? (laughs) The important thing that is in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I got this bad report that these people are preaching bad things. Can I show you in the message Bible what that says? It says, so how am I to respond? I've got this report and it can really shift my being content. I can get angry in this circumstance. He says, I've decided that I really don't care about their motives, whether mixed, bad or indifferent. Every time one of them opens his mouth, Christ is preached, proclaimed. So I cheer them on. How good is that? Paul's in prison and he's like, bad report. You know what? I'm just going to weigh this up. How do I respond to this? I'm going to remain content. And how do I remain content? I look at the good of this and Christ is being preached. So woohoo! guys, keep going. Can, how cool is Paul? I cannot wait to get to heaven and hang out with Paul. Um, this moment in Romans eight he's got this same feel. It says, and we know that in all things, can I say some Christians like this? We know that all things work together for good. You're lacking the in there, folks. It says, and we know that in all things, what does that mean? No matter what I'm in, God's going to work it out for good. It doesn't mean I'm not going to be in things, but it does mean that I'm going to remain content in every circumstance. Okay. Number four, we went through this this morning. So I'm just going to go this. This is rejoice in the Lord. Philippians 4, 4 rejoice in the Lord. Always. I say it again, rejoice to remain content in your circumstances. Get your praise on get your praise back, put some C3 worship music on, dance around the house, get your mouth and your your mind focused on praising. Why? What does that do? It gets your perspective up. If you're in the midst of all of this, Paul's worshiping in prison. Why? Because he knows that worship cannot be contained. He knows that this, this is free. Sometimes in lockdown, I'm like, I'm just going to praise. Why? Because I'm shut in my apartment and, you know, I'm I'm locked in, but my praise can never be locked in. Praise and worship. The joy that you, that God will show you and give you, this is the secret of joy, that, that joy of the Lord. When you praise Him, you realize what you have in Him. When you praise Him, you look at your circumstances and you're like, compared to Christ, I do not care. I look at Instagram and, you know, FOMO. Oh my gosh, I need a bigger house, a bigger car you know, I need to be skinnier. I need to be fitter. And then I look at it and I'm like, ah, compared to Christ, it doesn't matter. I don't care about those things. Why? Because I will rejoice. This is what Paul says. Everything is garbage compared to Christ. You've got to get that praise on. You've got to get that beautiful essence of worship. And can I say in the beginning, you may be, worshiping with, with a bad attitude. I don't care. You just keep worshiping because that whole beautiful, the Holy Spirit will empower your worship. Number five, focus your mind on good things. Now I'm really an an, anyone analytical. I am analytical brain out there. This is why I'm doing my masters because I'm analytical. I have to get evidence of everything. That is a really good trait and a really bad trait. Why? Because I analyze everything. Everything and in Philippians 4 8 to 9, Paul gives us the key of being content, another key of being content. Have a look at Philippians 4 8 to 9. Oh, it's so good. Finally, brothers and sisters, I love this. Have this on the back of your toilet door so that you can, you know, remember the scriptures. My parents weren't saved, so I didn't know about the toilet door issue. <laughs> says oh yeah that was on the back of the toilet door I remember that and I'm like what are your Bible on the back of your toilet door Christians you're a bit weird sorry (laughs) finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy he's like I'm just gonna go out there think come on underline that think about such things what's he saying Get your mind out of the gutter, not in a bad way. (laughs) Get your mind out of the gutter. Stop thinking about all the stuff that's going wrong. Stop thinking about the bills. Stop focusing on them. I'm not saying you know the reality of that, but being content knows the reality, but knows your God greater. Think about such things. Think about what's good. Think about fill your mind with good things. Why? Because Paul knows what you think will come out in your actions. If I can change your mind, if I can focus your mind on this is going to be amazing. Through lockdown, someone said to me, redeem the time, Kate. And I was like, what? Redeem it. Like Paul redeems the time when he's in prison. Redeem it. You're in lockdown. Write a book. You're in lockdown. So we did. We did the TYB Interactive came out of this 2020 lockdown. Why? Because I was stuck at home. So I just started to rewrite the companions and then I in mean, maps and timelines. The TYB interactive came out of redeeming the time, being content. I'm in lockdown, I will I will praise my way through it and I will focus on good things. So maybe today you need to shift your mind. Can I show you just a quick thing here? In Philippians 3 19, Um, he actually shows you the bad way of doing this. This is the opposite. Remember models to follow. So your models to follow is your good mind thinking of good things. And he says in 319, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is their shame. These are the bad models to follow. And he says, their mind is set on earthly things. Can you see that? He said, you've got a choice. Joy is a choice. Remember, you can either set your mind on earthly things and have FOMO, but you've got to fear of missing out, or you can set your mind on godly things, praise, worship, you know, thinking about word, thinking about pure things, righteous things, holy things. You can set your mind on that and setting your mind on that, then God will be blessed through that. Can you see that? There's two ways of living. Okay, last point. Oh, Don't we love ending with the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit empowers you to be content. Throughout this whole book, you are going to hear this essence of the Holy Spirit you know why? Because the Holy Spirit goes with you everywhere. Holy Spirit's with Paul in prison. Imagine that moment. It says in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Can I say to you, C3 powerhouse tonight, do not get caught up in the things of this world. Don't get caught up in, in being unhappy with your life and unhappy. Now I'm not saying don't change things or don't be motivated to change. I'm not saying that, but don't allow Fear of missing out and Instagram to govern that you are not blessed and content right now. You have everything. You have salvation. You have righteousness. You have everything to be joy filled right now. And why? because the Holy Spirit empowers you to live like that, to see the good things. Right now, I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would empower your mind to focus on good things. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit will empower your, your focus in your head to, to look at the good things, because maybe, can I say this? Some of you right now can't see the good things because you've been so focused on the others. You, you can't be content in your circumstances because your whole fixation has been on the bad and you can't see the good. Let me pray over you. see through Powerhouse, close your eyes. Father God, right now, we thank you for the ability to learn to be content. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that right now you are just coming upon people's minds, setting their minds free from that addiction of, of wanting more and needing more and bigger house and bigger car, setting their minds free from having to have more and having to do more. And God, there is a peace coming over every mind right now that we will focus on the good. We will focus on righteousness, holiness, everything. We will get our praise back on. We will pray for others. We'll take our focus off ourselves. And I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, a peace, the peace of God that guards our hearts and our minds will come over C3 Powerhouse right now and we will learn to be content joy-filled no matter what in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for having me see through Powerhouse. I hope you've loved these sessions, these services. Now, guys, quick thing. I said it in this morning service read Philippians, just jump in, give it a go. And what I want you to do is grab a scripture, maybe Philippians 4, 4, and just let it roll over you in your brain this week. You can be content. Joy is a choice. And as Paul says, I am content in all circumstances. Why? Because Christ is with me. So I hope you've loved these sessions, guys. I've absolutely loved being with you and have an amazing week.